This is Harrison Kim, and you're listening to Working with People by PaveStep. The Working with People podcast is for executives, managers, and people leaders. We bring people experts together to provide you with relevant content on how to think about and manage your most important asset, your talent. We have Teddy here with us today. How are you, Teddy? Hey, good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited to have you here. Where are you calling in from today? Montclair, New Jersey. Cool. Cool. You were born and raised there, right? I was, yeah, born and raised here. So was my co-founder. Actually, we we go back, you know, thirty plus years, and uh, and both came back with our families. Yeah, That's found our way awesome. home. That's awesome. That's awesome. So today we're going to be talking about interview training and really it being a secret to making better hiring decisions. So before we get there, though, let's talk about you. Tell us what you do and who you are. Sure. So I'm Teddy Chestnut. I'm one of the co-founders of Bright Hire. We're the leading interview intelligence platform. And when you think about hiring, it all comes down to conversations, right? What we're doing right now. And those conversations today, for the most part, evaporate. We have them, we take notes, and then we try to reconstruct what happened in those conversations to make the most important decisions in business. And what Bright Hire does is capture those conversations. We record them, transcribe them, and create highlights and analytics out of those conversations so that teams can work together to make confident, fair, fast hiring decisions. Awesome. So let's talk about interview training. I think I kind of understand what that really, what you mean by when you say interview training, but can you tell me a little bit more about that? Like, what is that in your mind? How do you define it? Sure. So interview training can include a whole host of things, right? It can include the basics. Let's show up on time. Why is interviewing important, right? Basic candidate etiquette. It can include uh, the legal side, right? What are the things that we're supposed to and not supposed to cover Mm -hmm. in our conversation? Uh, And then it can include context-specific content. Hey, I'm interviewing for this specific role. What am I looking for? What questions do I ask? How do we sell our company and our opportunity? And to take a big step back, you know, interview training exists because interviewing is a legit job. I mean, it's people think about it as a people think about it as something that they have to do as part of their overall you know, right. set of responsibilities. But just like, say, management, right, it's an incredibly important job that's distributed across a company. And for the most part, people aren't trained to do really mm-hmm. well. Right? Most folks end up running interviews because they're doing the job that they're interviewing for, or, they're, or they used to do the job that they're interviewing for. But just because you did the job doesn't mean that you necessarily know how to assess you know, for confidence or potential in that role. And so a big part of any interview training is figuring out, you know, how do we translate somebody's prior experience doing the job into an ability to assess competence and potential for that job in others? Gotcha. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. And, and it's funny that you bring up this aspect of interviewing, which is a skill and a job that is distributed throughout the organization, but there's oftentimes not much training going on. <laughs> it's very similar well, to management, right. like you said, right? Like we work with the same kind of a thing where it's like feedback is something that most people do on a daily or weekly basis. Uh, most companies don't even have any kind of training or formal thing around it. Right. And in management, at least, you know, most companies, if you get promoted to frontline management for the first time, you go through some sort of managerial mm-hmm. training on the basics of how to get feedback and how to run one-on-ones mm-hmm. and, and all the ins and outs of being a good manager. And your manager is going to continue to give you feedback on how to be right, a great manager. Right. 
Ideally, yes. But most companies, for most companies, yeah, ideally, right? But most companies don't have that same level of rigor around interviewing. Right, that's Mostly true. it's, hey, you've been doing the job, now go run this interview, <laughs> right? Without a lot of prep. Right. And here's a training. one sheet with questions. <laughs> that's right, that's right. And, you know, it just really, it doesn't live up to the magnitude of the importance of that right. moment, both for that interviewer and for the candidate, right? This is a moment that has a really meaningful impact on that candidate's personal, professional trajectory. And deciding who to bring onto the team is arguably the most important decision that we make full stop. And so gotcha. investing in training in a really rigorous way around doing that job effectively is super important. Sense. Yeah, it just makes sense. So let's talk about an interview. Can you provide some insights on what makes an interview successful in your mind from an interviewer perspective or employer perspective? Yeah, that's a great question because I think there's probably an assumption that what makes an interview successful is I ask the right question. That's where people probably usually stop. And that's part mm-hmm. of it, right? Like an interview, a successful interview needs to cover the right topics. We need to mm-hmm. ask the right things. And ideally, we need to ask things consistently across candidates so that we have an apples to apples comparison as we ultimately go right. to make a decision. So part of it is let's ask the right things. Part of it is we actually need to know what we're looking for. So it's one thing to say, these are the four questions we're supposed to ask. It's another thing to say, this is what great sounds like. This is how to differentiate good right. versus you know, amazing. And further to that, how do we understand what great looks like when it might be coming from different perspectives, different backgrounds, different experiences? Right? A great example would be uh, we're hiring for salespeople. Right. So there's one set of answers in an interview that might you might look for if you're interviewing somebody who was a salesperson before. But there's a right. different kind of answer that you might look for if you're interviewing somebody who wasn't a salesperson before, but who has a set of transferable skills and competencies who could be amazing in that role. So teaching folks how to actually recognize what great sounds like, when it might not sound exactly the same for every single candidate, that's a really important part of running a great interview. Uh, and then the last piece is, selling. Right? Candidates are going to have questions for you. They're <laughs> right. interviewing you as much as you're interviewing them. And so being able to answer questions consistently and, and confidently, handle certain objections that you might come up against, talk about important topics like comp or benefits or, or know the role that you're supposed to play, that's another really important aspect of it. And so those three things, like we got to ask the right things, we need to know what great sounds like, and we have to be able to sell effectively. Those three together come, you know, come together to make for a really great interview. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I think you were kind of getting into some of these things, but what are some of the biggest challenges when it comes to interviewing, right? Like when it comes to actual practical, like application of the framework and the best practices, it's not going to be all just, you know, one click and you're good to go. Right. Yeah. How do you, you know, what are some of the biggest challenges? The biggest challenge is that an interview is a conversation with another person, but it's not a normal conversation. Right, so a conversation with a specific outcome that requires a set of practices and discipline in order to manage that conversation to get to the right outcomes. Again, I have a certain set of questions that I need to ask. That's not a normal conversation. If Harrison, if you and I just pick up the phone and start talking, there isn't like a, an agenda that we typically have. <laughs> right, right, right. I've got to make sure I get through a certain amount of things in a certain amount of time. And so the discipline of getting through the right material and asking follow, good follow-up questions and getting to the bottom of certain answers. That's hard. That's unnatural for many people. Uh, Mm -hmm. The same thing for, as I described, recognizing what great sounds like. We all have 
mental heuristics and our own biases and our own experiences. And so really making sure that we're checking ourselves to say, hey, I'm hearing an answer. Maybe it wasn't what I expected, but maybe there's something in that answer that actually is really valid and transferable to this role. That's a really difficult skill to build. Typically, it comes with a lot of experience, right? I've run a hundred, I've run a thousand interviews for this kind of role. I've heard it all. Now I have good pattern recognition. But if I'm new in interviewing and I don't have that already, that's really, really difficult to build very quickly. And then the third part around you know, selling, the landscape's always changing. Candidates' questions are always changing. Right? Think, even think about like the last nine months between COVID, remote work, return to office, you know, the great right. migration, now the economic situation. An interviewer has got to be able to be on their toes and be prepared to answer questions from candidates as the macro economy changes, as the company changes. Uh, because again, if they don't answer those questions effectively, you lose great candidates. And so staying on top of all that and keeping everybody singing from the same song sheet is also really difficult. So, you know, of those three parts of interviewing, asking the right questions and recognizing what great sounds like, and then selling, all of them have challenges associated with them. Because again, they're all, they're just not a natural conversation. It's not like I can just show up and wing it and actually be successful. I actually have to have preparation going into all three of those things. Right. The one thing you just mentioned, so you talked about pattern recognition, right? Um, Mm -hmm. In my mind, the dark side, quote unquote, of pattern recognition is bias, right? Uh, Because you've been exposed and experienced certain things so many times repeatedly, you have this kind of quote unquote truth in your mind, right? Or, or mm-hmm. it's close to truth type of a thing. And of course in interviews, this is I think one of the biggest hurdles, right? Um, just like many things that are involving human perception and subjective opinions and things like that. In an interview process, what can organizations and managers do to really try to minimize bias as much as possible? There are a couple things. One is asking consistent questions across candidates. Mm-hmm. Right? Because then you have a consistent set of information. What happens if you don't is then you create room for your biases to carry outsized impact. Because right? you end up asking different sets of questions to different candidates and maybe easier questions to some than others because you right. start off already with some sort of affinity and then, and then you roll from there. That's one. But I think a really, really important one is um, triangulation. This idea of building a panel of interviewers who can all get their eyes on a candidate. because let's say you and I are part of that interview panel and we hear a similar answer from a candidate, we might interpret it in very different ways because we've had different backgrounds and experiences and upbringing skills. Our pattern recognition is different. Mm-hmm. And so by triangulating those different you know, uh, sources of pattern recognition across a hiring team, you can help each other you know, check their biases. The challenge in interviewing today is I have a conversation and you have a conversation and somebody else has a conversation and we're not privy to what happened in those. So now we're reconstructing what happened and having right. she said, she said about, or a game of telephone about what happened. And so that triangulation is really difficult. What we're doing in our you know, version of any interview training, what our clients are doing is saying, Hey, Harrison, I ran this interview and, and this is what I, you know, I took away from it. But can you take five minutes and get your eyes on this set of answers? Because you know, I was on the fence, but I want your perspective on it. Now we're triangulating. And again, that can help us mitigate bias and get to better, more confident answers. Gotcha. Perfect. Yeah, it's 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 never an easy thing, but you can, you know, do all those different things to, you know, get it as minimized as much as possible. Um totally. it's never easy. <laughs> There's also patterns of behavior that can come up across all of your interviews that you can't you can't see without data. 
So I'll, I'll give a good example. We ran an analysis of, I don't know, 180,000 interviews and looked at simple things like how often did sports come up in those interviews or how, how often did family come up in those interviews and what correlations did that have with hiring outcomes? Uh, and we, we actually saw really, we saw really meaningful correlations. Uh, now those might be completely irrelevant topics to the job at hand, but when they come up in conversations, they have an influence on hiring outcomes. That kind of an insight is actually really powerful for a team to have because they would never get it just by, you know, reading scorecard feedback or, or kind of shadowing interviews, but you can start to identify systematic patterns of behavior across your hiring team that you may need to address because it's leading to, uh, undesirable outcomes. Makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, even internally for us, we typically have a case study component to our interview process. And what I found early on was if I did the case study live with the person, right, and going through the thing, I'm not being consistent depending on how this person asks questions. Like I'm not giving the exact same amount of information to the candidates. Mm -hmm. So we actually ended up doing a bit of a weird thing with our case study where we give them the case study, we give them five minutes to ask any questions, and then they get off Zoom and do their thing. And then we come back and debrief um, because I found myself like giving different types of information because I was just thinking about different things and any other given day, <laughs> right? And it comes right. to your, like your first component around like asking consistent questions. Um, yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. Awesome. Those are all the big questions that I had here, Teddy, any, any big insights, uh, anything that I should have asked, anything that you want to share? Yeah. I think the, you know, one of the questions is like, okay, we know that interview training is really important, but we have a limited team. We are constantly growing and changing the interviewer pool. How do we stay on top? And we're interviewing for lots of different roles that require different pattern recognition and an understanding of what great looks like and how to sell that opportunity. So how do we stay on top of all of this if it's nobody's like, you know, full-time job? And today teams try to run, you know, regular interview trainings, you know, once a month or once a quarter. They try to have people shadow and reverse shadow, but there's still huge gaps associated with the ability to confidently and quickly scale you know, confidence across an interview team. Uh, that was the gap that we saw. And basically the way that we're tackling that is enabling interviewers to asynchronously shadow great examples of interviews that others have run. Uh, let's put like real life context right in front of a new interviewer so I can understand exactly how we run this interview and what questions we ask and you know what a great answer sounds like. And we're really excited about that because it can help you do those three things that are essential in an interview, you know, consistently and scalably. Ask the right things, recognize what great sounds like, and sell really, really effectively. Uh, so we're excited to be working on that. And you know, I'm, what I'm really excited is starting to be part of a movement to create a real discipline around what great interviewing really looks like. You know, it's just, it's such an important job, right? It influences the most important decisions in the business. It influences candidates' lives. Uh, yep. And so we have a real obligation to do it really well. And we're excited to be a part of that. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time here, Teddy. Where could the audience find you and your thought leadership? So we're at brighthire.com. Uh, but you can also find us on LinkedIn uh, over at Bright Hire. Super active over there, uh, putting content up, sharing act, you know, you know, content with the community. And one of the most kind of I don't know most fun voices from our team uh, is actually uh, our head of recruiting, Haley, 
Uh, she puts like amazing content out all the time, including on interview training. Uh, gotcha. so, check her out as well. so you're telling me I should have had her on the, on the podcast. You should have her on next for sure. I mean, not she would do a much better job than me. Uh, yeah, she's actually the domain expert here. Awesome. Awesome. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to Working With People by PageStep. Feel free to check out other episodes on pagestep.com slash podcast. Thank you, Teddy. It was a pleasure. Awesome. Thanks, Harrison. I appreciate it.